Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's Property Apprentice podcast. And today's subject is what you should and shouldn't worry about during a market correction. I'm Debbie Roberts, one of the founding owners of Property Apprentice. Some of the things that I'm going to talk about today, I'll define market correction as opposed to market crash so that you understand what the difference between those two sayings is. And I've got a bit of a fun fact about how the terminology fire sale came about. I'll talk about some of the risks that we often see during a market downturn and how you can survive them. So that's based on our experience uh, through investing through the global financial crisis, because uh, we've been investing now for over 20 years. So, you know, we have got a bit of experience in that and we've got a lot of professionals that we rely on now as part of our team of experts who can help us with these things too. Just a reminder that nothing from today's presentation should be taken as individual financial advice. It's all general in nature. Unless you're a client or property apprentice, we don't know any of your individual financial positions. So uh, that's the reason that we've just got that disclaimer there. Let's have a look at what the difference between a market correction versus a crash is. We'll start with market correction. So a market correction is a relatively minor drop in the housing market. And that's when the house price index drops less than 10% from the highest price within a year. So these are often called slowdowns, you know, market slowdowns. And if you think back over the past few years, there's been a few areas across New Zealand where we have had a market correction leading up to the COVID-19 pandemic. In fact, Auckland and Hamilton, just to name a couple of examples, Christchurch also, those property markets were relatively flat for two to three years and in the last six to nine months before Christmas we started to see some signs of recovery in all of those areas. So we've been through a market correction and then we had the pandemic. A lot of economists are predicting that we will have a real estate crash and our market crash is they happen much less frequently than corrections do, thankfully. And they are when the house price index falls more than 10% from the highest price within a year. Now, we don't know what effect the COVID-19 pandemic is actually gonna have on the real estate market. We've never been through a pandemic in New Zealand, uh, which has affected us the way that this one has. So nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. This is just, I'm gonna be talking about worst case scenarios and things that you can do and things that you can expect moving forward, whether it turns out to be just a correction or whether it turns out to be a crash. One of the most important things for you to remember is that property investing and owning properties is a long-term plan. As long as you're in it for the long term, it doesn't matter what happens with house prices in the short term. Even if we look at the global financial crisis, house prices bounced back to pre-GFC levels within two to three years afterwards. So market crashes tend to be a lot shorter than boom periods in the housing market. Market crashes are usually accompanied by economic recessions and that's the reason that a lot of economists are predicting that the housing market will crash following the restrictions getting lifted. A bit of a fun fact about fire sales. Um, this is something quite interesting that I came across recently. The term fire sale was based on the second richest man in ancient Rome called Marcus Licinius Crassus. 
Genesis. Now, I've got no idea if that's how he actually pronounced his name, but close enough. So he made most of his money by owning a firefighting service. When a property caught on fire, he would rock on up to that fire and he'd turn up with a slave army of firemen and a bag of money. And homeowners then had a choice. They could either sell their home to him for the amount of money that he had in the bag, or they could just watch their house burn to the ground. So he literally held people to ransom uh, with their properties. And that's where the term fire sale originated from. So I thought, you know, that's quite an interesting story. My interpretation of the moral of the story is that you don't have to hold people to ransom to get good deals in a property market, even if it is a crash. I am going to be talking a little bit about that as we go through today's session. Now, one of the things that's really important, uh, one of the risks and how to reduce the risks during a downturn, how to survive, is to ensure that you've got the best possible mortgage and insurance advice, preferably leading into it. So these are all the things that you should put in place as soon as possible. If you haven't already got good insurance and good mortgage structures in place, then this is certainly something that you need to work towards as quickly as possible. Now, the professionals that Paul and myself personally use is my team, Mortgages and Insurance. Their website is www.myteam.co.nz and uh, we believed in the service that that team provided so much we actually bought into the business uh, nearly two years ago now so we are part owners in this company but the professionals that are involved with this company have got a wealth of experience the lead insurance advisor has got well over 30 years experience as an insurance advisor and the lead mortgage advisor has also got over 30 years experience as a mortgage advisor so you've got a solid team of professionals there to give you the best advice possible so some of the things that you might consider for insurance in times heading into an economic recession, you can actually have something called um, redundancy insurance. So my understanding is that there is a six month stand down period. So at the moment, it might not necessarily be too late to get that sort of insurance in place. If you think that your job is safe for at least the next six months, then that could be something that you might consider um, getting. So just have a chat to the mortgage and insurance advisors at my team and they'll let you know whether you need anything extra or whether what you've got in place is already absolutely fine for your particular situation. Okay, so carrying on with some of the risks and how to survive. Banks usually tighten their lending criteria during an economic recession or during a property market slowdown. When values start to drop, they certainly start to tighten their lending criteria. So it's really important to keep your nose clean. You know, just make sure that you're paying your mortgages, use split banking if possible. It's a lower risk strategy if you've got your loans spread across different banks so for example in an ideal world you'd have your home with one bank and your rental properties if you own rental properties you'd have those with a different bank or several different banks really important to pay your mortgages and if you're struggling to pay your mortgages at the moment there are different options that are available to you so 
if you are struggling, get in touch with your mortgage advisor sooner rather than later. A mortgage advisor works with all of the different banks and an independent mortgage advisor works with all of the different banks and non-bank lenders as well. They work for you rather than working for the actual bank that you bank with at the moment. Um, so the bank that you're banking with at the moment may or may not be the best place for you to be and that's where the mortgage advisors can help. They can give you advice around things like if you're struggling to pay your mortgage, whether or not switching to interest only is the best choice for you or whether you'd be better to take up that six month mortgage holiday and they'll discuss all the implications of doing that as a decision as well. It's really helpful to always have a bit of a financial buffer in place um, to take you through some downturns, economic downturns. Uh, so just having a financial buffer in place for each property that you own and for your personal finances as well can certainly help reduce the stress in times of economic strife. Really important that you manage interest only expiry dates carefully and that again that's something that the mortgage brokers can help you through. If you come off a fixed interest only period, like let's say you had a five year interest only term and you've got two years left of your interest only term, if you refix your interest rate for a period that takes you past the interest only period, where the interest only period expires, what you could find is that you'll be locked into a fixed interest rate and your interest only period will expire during that term and the bank can force you onto principal and interest. So it can be um, a bit of a financial nightmare if you haven't got that planned. And um, depending on your situation, you might not be able to do anything about it. So uh, again, that's another reason to work with an independent mortgage advisor. They don't cost you anything uh, to work with them. So they get paid by the banks anyway. They've just got your interests at heart uh, rather than the company, the bank that they work for. It is important that you don't rely on revolving credit facilities to fund properties. And the reason that we say that is during economic strife, um, times of economic strife, when banks get quite risk averse and tighten their lending criteria, some of the things that we've seen in the past is that banks will cancel revolving credit facilities. So for example, if you had a negative cash flow rental property and you had a revolving credit facility or a line of credit associated with that property, if you were relying on that line of credit to help top up the shortfall, you could be in trouble financially if the bank just cancels that revolving credit facility at no notice, which they can actually do. So don't rely on that. Make sure that you do have a financial buffer in place elsewhere. And that may involve taking money out of a revolving credit facility and just sitting it in a separate bank account but you know talk to the mortgage advisors they can help you through that. In situations where there's a bank foreclosure or mortgagee sale it is the last resort for banks as well because banks don't want to lose money either. Banks are in the business of lending money to make money and in times where property values fall if they force someone into a mortgagee sale they run the risk that they're not going to make all of their money back that they've actually lent out. So it is a last resort for the bank. It is important that you continue to pay your mortgages when you can and if you can't pay your mortgages get in touch with the bank before you get 
into that financial trouble. The sooner you talk to the bank, the better for your particular situation. They can help you. And again, just use your mortgage advisor to do that for you. One of the other things that we often see during a downturn is values falling. You know, capital growth doesn't always happen. Um, so we do have times where we go through negative capital growth. And during times where there's negative capital growth, refinancing can be quite difficult, um, sometimes impossible. So you may or may not be able to refinance from one bank to another bank. It will depend on your situation. You also may not be able to recycle your deposit. So, uh, for example, in the last economic recession, the global financial crisis, we personally had a situation where we had bought a few different properties before the global financial crisis and we had deposits tied up in those properties. And whereas normally we would pull our money back out of those deals as quickly as we could so that we had them available to use elsewhere, when the banks changed their lending criteria, the particular bank that we had those loans with cancelled the ability to recycle your deposits. So we had, from memory, it was over a year where we couldn't recycle any deposits, we couldn't refinance against that particular property with that bank. Don't panic if values fall. So what we often see is that people panic and they think, oh gosh, I better sell my property now before it drops in value any further or I lose more money. Our advice is always don't sell unless you have to when you're going through a period where values are dropping. Uh, the reason that we see values drop in an economic recession especially is because it becomes a buyer's market. Now when it's a buyer's market, there's actually less buyers in the market. So it's not the best time to be selling a property. The reason that values fall in a downturn is because the only people that have to sell are the ones that are motivated to sell. So properties will quite often, if there's a motivated vendor, they will sell a property for the best price that they get. And because there's not much competition in the market during a buyer's market, there's not many other buyers competing, people will make global offers. If you're in a position where you're considering selling a property, and especially if you have to sell a property, you run the risk that the only offers that you're gonna get are quite low. So this is the reason that we say don't sell unless you have to because eventually house prices will pick up again. So that's just something else to be aware of. If you're in the market to buy, then one of the ways that you can reduce the risk of values dropping is by buying well. So buy it below its intrinsic value and if you can add value to the property as well, that further increases your safety buffer. For that particular deal you're creating your own capital gain so to speak so buy it below value and then increase the value and you've created a bit of extra equity there just on purchase and maybe through a bit of renovation if you haven't got a portfolio don't let the fear of failure stop you from getting started so what we often see is that people don't get into the property market during a buyer's market because they think it's a bad time to buy because they see all the news stories about how property values are falling. 
our advice is if you're in a position to get lending and you're buying the right sort of property for your financial position, it's always a good time to be buying property. So don't let the fear of failure stop you. Bear in mind those long-term goals. And as I mentioned, if you can buy a property below its value and add value to that property as well, that gives you a, a safety buffer there if values fall further from where you are. More property millionaires are actually created during a market downturn than they are during a booming market. So it is quite difficult to move against the flow though, you know, because most people aren't interested in buying. Most people think it's a bad time to be buying when values fall. But what I can tell you is that more experienced property investors, when values fall, that's when they get really stuck into increasing their property portfolio, if that's the stage that they're at. So more property millionaires are created during a downturn than in a boom. And if you wait for the property market to start recovering before you actually start to buy, then you're going to be competing with the masses again. So, and that's when you've got less ability to negotiate in, in those upcoming purchases. So whenever possible, buy when there's less competition. So buy during a sale. <laughs> it's all about supply and demand. If there's less demand from other buyers and an increased amount of supply because there's less demand from other buyers, um, that's a great time to get out there and negotiate some good deals. Get educated. You know, if you're looking at getting into the property market, this is a great time to get started when the market is a bit slower, as long as you're buying the right sort of property for you, your financial position and your goals. All of those things need to be taken into account. So it's important to stick to the fundamentals. Now, a lot of people think that the only reason that you should buy investment properties is for capital growth. And that's only part of the equation of becoming a successful investor. There are three reasons to buy property. One of them is capital growth over the long term, but that's the only one out of the three different fundamentals that you've got no control over. So the two other parts that make up a successful long-term investment is cash flow and equity. If you're sticking to those fundamentals and you're buying either for cash flow, equity or long-term capital growth, that combination of those three, and you're buying the right sort of property for you, your financial position and your long-term goals, they will make a good long-term investment. Hopefully that gave you a few um, different ideas, a few different things to think about during this next period in the property cycle. Don't try and time the market. Don't try and buy at the bottom of the market because there's a pretty good chance that you'll get that timing wrong. As I mentioned, just buy the properties that are right for your situation and buy them when you can buy them. Uh, if you're in a position uh, where you're thinking about selling a property, like I said, don't sell unless you have to. Wait for the market to start picking up again before you put the property on the market if you decide to sell. You know, one of the properties that, that we purchased before the global financial crisis, we considered selling it and we decided, no, we will hold on to it for a period instead. And we held on to it. And when we finally did sell it, we sold it for an awful lot more 
than if we had sold it when we first entered into the global financial crisis. So as long as you're not buying in small towns, middle of nowhere in New Zealand with a shrinking population, the long-term capital gain prospects are pretty solid in New Zealand. Over the last 28 years, the average increase in value in property across the country has been 7%. That's not too bad when you're looking at, at long-term increase in values. So feel free to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything. And if you've got suggestions for topics, uh, please email me. That's debbie at propertyapprentice.co.nz. Debbie spelled D-E-B-B-I-E for those of you that are just listening. And if you haven't been to one of our free events, one of our free online training events, we are running those live and online. You can register for those via our website, which is propertyapprentice.co.nz. And we'll look forward to seeing you online soon or hearing from you with some suggested topics moving forward. Thanks for listening.